Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. It's Thursday, October the 12th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith are back with you, ready to look at this Thursday NHL slate. And we are happy to have back with us. And we welcome back on the show former NHL player Jason Williams, who was with us during one of our Stanley Cup playoff shows uh, last year. Uh, nice enough to join us again here on this Thursday. Uh, Jason, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me. No doubt. And uh, first, and of course, Alex missed the first time you were on with us, so it's a chance for him to meet a former Blackhawk here uh, for the uh, first <laughs> yeah. time here, uh, Jason uh, Williams. Uh, Alex, before we get into the st- the because uh, it's mostly going to be NHL talk, you missed it when we did the uh, career retrospective, if you will, of Jason the first time. But if there's anything you want to throw out there uh, and ask Jason about the uh, playing days, uh, now's your chance. Well, yeah, I definitely would love to ask you. You played, of course, with the Red Wings in two different stints. And then, of course, you left there. You played a couple of years, uh, 06, 07, 07, 08 with the Blackhawks. How was that dynamic, especially because at that time, that was the, the crux of the rivalry still within the division? How was that playing for Detroit and then going to the other side, playing with Chicago? Like, how was just just kind of describe that? Because, you know, something I've always been curious about just with any teams, you know, when you play with on both sides of a rivalry, you know, what, what does that feel like necessarily? And, you know, describe the differences between the two, the two clubs and in that in that aspect uh it, it was you know it was kind of different um where you know i was it was in detroit and uh was playing on a cup contender team and then to be traded to chicago who where we were mathematically already eliminated for eliminated from the playoffs uh they were going through a tough time uh right. you know you only had you know eight to ten thousand people at games and stuff like that, but they had some good young talent coming up the pipeline, which was, you know, exciting. I think as a, as a player, I think anytime you're traded, you're looking to get a fresh start, um, you know, and, and you have a clean slate and, and hopefully you can go there and, and have success. But, um, you know, as for the rivalry thing, uh, you know, it was tough, I guess, a little bit. I remember, uh, obviously my first game after being traded was against the Detroit Red Wings. Um, you know, I was on my way to the Detroit airport to catch our flight and I got a phone call from Ken Holland and found out that I was dealt to Chicago. So the next morning I took a commercial flight to Chicago, um, got, uh, got on the ice for pregame skate and then played against my former team and former teammates, uh, that night. So I got it over pretty quick. And then um, I think it was like three or four days later, we played in Detroit. Um, So, you know, I think that I think getting the games in early helped me kind of transition. And then once the game starts, you don't really think about the whole rivalry thing that much. I think you just kind of play the game and, and see how things go. Gotcha. And it's pretty, uh, and you see this all the time, well, a lot anyway, I don't know about all the time, but you see it a lot. You see guys that play for both the Oilers and the Flames, you see guys that play for both the Leafs and the Habs, you know, it's happened multiple times and you're right. There's especially, I think initially it's a little bit of an awkward feeling, but you quickly get over it and then you realize, Hey, it's just, it's playing for another team. I still got to do my day-to-day job as a player, prepping the morning skates, practices, you know, worry about the diet, worry about the, how you eat, 
worry about your prep for the game, worry about executing during the game. And at the end of the day, you're playing hockey. Uh, I think after the initial probably um, awkwardness that you're playing from the both sides of a big time rivalry, uh, you get past it. Uh, Jason, Alex and I, we talk every day on this show, obviously our opinions. And we look back at the games the previous night, we talk in general, and then we preview the games the day of the, uh, the day of, uh, but we don't get to hear uh, from you every day because you're only joining us every now and then. So we will we'll just go right to you. Um, what did you think of last night's games, the first couple of nights, things that have stuck out to you, teams and or players you want to discuss? The floor is yours. Um, no, I thought the, the first couple of nights, I think it's always um, a feel-out process, especially for the coaching staff. Um, you know, you, you get into your exhibition games and, and then all of a sudden the season starts and the last couple of preseason games, you're trying to kind of narrow it down to your lineup. And, um, but you know, with the Toronto Montreal, an exciting game going into, I think it was a shootout there. Um, you know, Vancouver having the year that they had last year with Rick Tockett coming in, uh, to have a game like they did, I think will give them confidence. Uh, and the way they played at the end of the year, they played fairly well. Um, they're going to be a team that if they can stay healthy, uh, could be a team that, uh, contends, uh, and, you know, could make a playoffs. Uh, Edmonton obviously, you know, didn't have it, didn't have it going and didn't have a great game. Um, but they'll, they'll turn things around. I'm sure. Um, then just kind of watching Connor Bedard the last couple nights, you know, you can kind of see that this, this kid's the real deal. Um, you know, just every time he touches the puck, you're just kind of like, it kind of brings you out of your seat and it's like, what, what's he going to do? Um, and the first two games and in the, you know, I caught a little bit of the, uh, game that he played last night in Boston. And I thought the first period was pretty good. Second period, it kind of, you know, kind of tailed off a little bit, but then, you know, third period kind of got going again and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's a learning process for a lot of players. Uh, there's some new players coming in and, um, you know, guys just trying to get their bearings and stuff like that. So, uh, it's definitely a philo process. There'll be some, you know, mistakes made. Obviously a lot of mistakes will be made, you know, in the first say 10 games. And then I think teams will kind of start to find their stride and stuff, I think, but, the, the, the big thing was, is you're always looking at your team and assessing your team by the American Thanksgiving. By the American Thanksgiving, when teams, they're, they're, they're trying to decide, okay, are we going to go for it? Do we have a team to do this? Or, you know, and I know it seems early, but, you know, I think anything can happen. Obviously, St. Louis a couple of years ago, I think they were like second last in the, in the entire league and ended up going to the Stanley Cup final and winning, so. Absolutely. Anything uh, can happen. And uh, I'll talk about Bedard, the Leaf game, the Canuck game and the uh, call and all the other games just a second. But first, we got to have some fun here. I love what Chris A says here. Love Jason Williams. Last time he was on. Nice to see him back. Go Wings. And then, of course, my colleague here and good yeah. pal Alex chimes back saying, that's <laughs> Jason Williams, Chris. I mean, you can share them, guys. You know that, right? You know, you yeah, yeah, split I know. them in half, cut them in half, and you can each have a piece. And I, and I have Jason Williams right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the rivalry still stands strong amongst the fans. Let's just say that. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's still going. Yeah, absolutely. Still going strong. Uh, last night, a typical Toronto Maple Leaf heart attack uh, to begin the season. I mean, I've got a Leaf fan saying they're putting me through the ringer again in night one of the season. 
And that's exactly what they did. It doesn't come easy. They look absolutely terrible at times in terms of the giveaways. You got TJ Brody falling down on the first Montreal goal, like a drunk coming out of the bar. I mean, he looks like he just stumbled there at the, <laughs> fell down on his own. Just, just, it was the funniest damn thing. Unless you're a Leaf fan, it was pretty funny, I thought. I mean, he just fell down. Like there was no one around him. He just, whoop, fell down on his keister. And then next thing you know, there's Evans down the ice with a breakaway and beat Samson off. So not a good way to start for the Leafs, but, and credit to them and credit to their coaching staff, because, you know, by the naked eye, you couldn't have told, been able to tell that that third potential goal for Montreal, which would have made it three, nothing was offside, but they saw the finite, you know, detailed angles of every uh, replay shot they could find courtesy of the uh, situation room in Toronto. And they found enough to say, Hey, we got to challenge this. And man, that ended up being the ultimate turning point in that game. Three nothing Montreal, it could have been, and then you're really in some trouble. And instead, that goal comes off the board. Two nothing Montreal instead, and that's when the Leafs got that two one goal, courtesy of Noah Gregor, who's a nice addition to this team. You can see why he signed with the team, made the team after the PTO, really earned it. Uh, he got them going. Austin Matthews, an exceptional game. He ends up scoring two uh, in that period. And then, of course, the hat-trick goal to tie the game 5-5. It's funny. They went ahead 3-2. It looked like the Leafs were going to seize control. Montreal ties it on the power play. Uh, they go ahead 3-2 with uh, a great night for Alex Newhook, too. Uh, I've got now got him circled for player props moving forward. This is a very talented player that the reason why Colorado dealt him is because they've got such a glut of forwards. You know, it's a, a, tons of riches with their forward group. And, you know, a kind of situation where he got lost in the numbers game, but he's going to get a much greater opportunity now in Montreal, Alex Newhook. And he made the most of it last night, played a hell of a game uh, and a couple of goals. And then they made it, of course, 5-3 Montreal with that bad giveaway by Lilligren, which led to the Yelonen goal. But Toronto rescues the game. Matthews outstanding, of course, the fourth goal, the tying goal. Uh, And then, of course, they win it in a shootout 6-5. Never easy. Uh, Always a sweat job. Always stress involved for the Leaf fan, uh, but they end up getting the job done there. I got to tip my cap to Colorado. What an impressive win for them last night against LA. Uh, outstanding win for them. Just dominant at both ends of the ice. Great game from Georgiev and Nett. And quite frankly, that, I thought that was the difference. Cause LA had a lot of shots on goal, but Georgiev was outstanding and Cam Talbot was just meh. You know, th- that's the difference. And that's going to be the concern with LA moving forward. You know, I made the post on Twitter L.A. has a Stanley Cup playoff caliber roster, Stanley Cup caliber roster, but I'm not sure they have Stanley Cup caliber goaltending. And, you know, that is going to be something to watch for with Talbot and Copley, this tandem for L.A. moving forward. Great first win there for Colorado uh, last night in that game. The Calgary Flames uh, took them last night to beat the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, They got it done, make Ryan Huska uh, a winner uh, in his Calgary Flames coaching debut. Really solid performance. Bad goal by Markstrom, and I was worried, uh-oh, here we go again with Jacob Markstrom. That first goal has got to be stopped, period. Can't go in that first goal he gave up. But he was solid after that, and I was really impressed with this new-look Flames team. They actually looked exciting, and they actually looked like they had some finish last night. Huska's trying to get the defensemen to get involved more in the rush. You'd never see that shit with Sutter last year. Uh, and now all of a sudden, you know, they're trying to emphasize defensemen being more active, activate from the blue line, keep plays alive in the offensive zone. Saw a lot of that from Calgary last night, and they seem to take very well to this new style that Huska's trying to uh, implement here. And it was a really nice win for them against the Winnipeg Jets as they look to bounce back from a very disappointing season uh, last year. We know Edmonton got absolutely trampled 8-1 by Vancouver. It got to the point where it's embarrassing for Edmonton. Like at some point, you know, 
they hung out their goalies to dry. They were bad. It's not all on Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner. You know, it was a bad defensive night. It was a horrible game overall. Even the power play, which is the strength of Edmonton uh, for the last couple of years, they didn't they didn't have a great night. You know, they didn't have that same chemistry and that same rhythm they typically have. So just an awful night all around. And just to make matters worse, if Edmonton Oilers fans don't feel bad enough that they played like that in their first game of the season, then they got to hear this story after the game that Thatcher Demko was playing through the flu last night, playing through the flu. Basically the Michael Jordan version of the NHL here with uh, Thatcher Demko, the flu game, he's throwing up in his goalie mask, according to Rick Tockett, the head coach after that game. We lost 8-1 to a guy that's basically trying to avoid puking throughout the game right into his mask and finally did. And we lost to that him and that team 8-1. to So you can't be feeling good hearing that uh, if you're the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And last of all, Connor Bedard, congrats to him. First NHL goal, wraparound goal. Uh, and you see just the smarts and the speed and everything he does is fast. You know, he just got that puck, quickly wrapped it around, beats Allmark uh, to the post and gets that first goal. Uh, that was a great moment. So a great start for him, a point in his first game, a goal last night. Uh, Chicago does lose the game, and more importantly, they lose Taylor Hall uh, for it looks like week to week, and that's unfortunate, man. And I'll, Alex, you can speak about this in a second here. I was already starting to love, 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 love the chemistry between Connor Bedard, Taylor Hall, and my guy Donato's Pizza, who cashed a plus 550 goal prop for me on Tuesday night, Ryan Donato. Uh, absolutely a terrific line they that was starting to come together there for Chicago and now you have this injury setback here for Taylor Hall very unfortunate news Alex yeah yeah incredibly unfortunate and, and you know I'm watching him closely because I had a, a prop on him to score a goal and all of a sudden see him take what seemed to be kind of just a, a rather you know routine hit he falls down awkwardly and you know skates off thinking okay he's going to come back comes back to the bench but really doesn't do much of anything and now they say you know, it's a week-to-week injury so that's really unfortunate like i said him and bedar were trying to gel that power play was looking really good great puck movement and uh now to miss him that that's that's unfortunate especially when this team's looking good even in the loss uh, the Hawks played well. Arvid Soderblom did give up a couple of goals where he didn't see the puck again. That's a huge problem. His puck vision is not there. But Connor Bedard has all the puck vision and then some. His ice vision is just tremendous. Like I said, the way that he scored that goal with that wraparound moving, his timing is so good. To be that young and have great timing already, that, that's something you really can't teach. And the fact that he has timing at the NHL level, that's what's going to carry him along. Even when he has the slow nights, he'll go through some slumps. He's a rookie. that That's natural. But his timing will, will still keep him in games. He's a great skater. So not worried about him at all. He's looking uh, as good as advertised through the first two games. Hawks look great. You know, you look at the, like I said, that Edmonton-Vancouver game. That's just so bizarre to me. Why would you even risk playing Dasher Themco night one if he has the flu? Uh, you know, I mean, like, that could have gone completely haywire. What if he gets sick in the middle of the game? Now, all of a sudden, you give Edmonton a run. Edmonton goes and wins that game 8-1. to one. Uh, It's an interesting call, but it worked out. Taka, I guess, knows his staff and crew well enough to to make that call, and that was the right move. Brock Besser just playing completely out of his mind. Natural, yeah. Yeah. Goals. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, natural, natural hat trick, and then added the fourth one later. Uh, and, and, and when you have a guy that just gets hot like that, you know, that's hard to stop. I, I would think Edmonton, and they're, they're going to have a chance to, you know, make amends. They play each other on Saturday. So that'll definitely be a game worth watching. And, and I think they want to throw that away. And the fact that they get to play them again just a couple of nights later, that shouldn't, shouldn't harbor on too much. So, And um, the Calgary-Winnipeg game really pissed me off because I had to draw on that. 
Calgary scores with about a minute left. And then they get yeah. the empty net goal. So I'm thinking that thing's I'm, – I'm seeing the, the late goal, the tie, thinking that's cruising through it in about a minute and a half. I look and see that's 4-3 and then 5-3. So that was a that was a, a pretty tough beat. But uh, like I said, you know, another night of good games, and we got some good ones on tap for tonight. No doubt. Yeah, it was a good night for me with the sides and the totals, which, again, for the members only uh, crowd, the Ice Guys family plan uh, subscribers, it's just nine ninety nine a month for that. We posted it before the game and. Colorado, the over in that game. Calgary, the over in that game. The best bet, Montreal-Toronto uh, over Cassius last night. Um, the uh, Ottawa fell short, but even that game, you know, we had a chance there for me with right. Ottawa plus the price there. They came back, they tied it. It was not an easy game uh, for Carolina by any stretch of the imagination there as Carolina beats them 5-3. Uh, to three. Uh, Pretty valuable effort from Ottawa too because they only played yeah. with 11 forwards due to the cap crunch issues uh, that they're dealing with. Um, so solid effort there. And plus Norris and um, uh, Pinto, of course, didn't play right, for them either. Yeah. So uh, significant uh, absences and yet still battled Carolina uh, pretty tough last night in that game. So it was a good night overall, yeah. a plus night. That's always a good thing. See if we can make it a plus a night uh, tonight. And one last thing, too, about the Vancouver game. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, uh, very pointed in his press post game, saying, we laid an egg, we played with preseason intensity. And that stunned me. It's why you can't always believe what you hear and what you read. Because Jason and Alex, I'll say this. All I read was Edmonton came to training camp early, a week, two weeks before camp. Everybody, Connor, Leon, you know, the core players saying, we mean business here. We're sick of losing to the eventual champion in the playoffs. We really want to get this season off to a good start. And that's what they came up with last night in their season opener, despite all that player speak about how they were locked in and trying to get off to the right start and really approaching this season with a business-like attitude. It's why, you know, sometimes you, you don't always get what you expect. But one thing I do expect from Edmonton is I think they'll be a lot better uh, on uh, Saturday night uh, against Vancouver. All right, the Thursday card. we got seven games. We'll start with the Flyers and the Blue Jackets here. Columbus minus 120 home favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total in this game. Uh, of course, Philadelphia going through their uh, extensive rebuild, which is probably it's going to take some time for this group. There's no question about that. Uh, John Tortorella, one thing he got from this team last year was uh, a lot of hard work uh, and a lot of games where they battle, they compete, they'd be right there in the games, but they just didn't get that key save, get that key goal when they needed to win those games. And when you look at the offense coming into the uh, season, it is nice to see Sean Couturier healthy again. This guy has really been bothered. Uh, by uh, injuries the last couple of seasons. He's back to center the top line with Joel Farabee and Bobby Brink. Uh, Owen Tippett, Morgan Frost, Cam Atkinson is another one that's had some injury history recently. Uh, and he's a guy that's actually played for the team that he's playing against tonight, a former Blue Jacket. Of course, now with the uh, Flyers, Lawton, Cates, Konechny, Delorier, Paling, and Hathaway. You know, this is a group that's going to be hard working because the one thing about Philly, you worry about offense throughout all four lines. That's definite concern for them. But they've got a lot of guys that are going to put the lunch pail hats on, the work boots on, and really, really compete. And that's what you get usually from Tortorella. There's a lot of these guys, they are hard working. That fourth line could be really something. Deloria even can chip in offensively. And we know Hathaway, very good on the four-check physical, drops the gloves from time to time. That's what you want to see on that fourth line for sure. The blue line is a concern, okay, for Philly. Uh, Cam York, Travis Sanheim, but you got an aging Mark Stahl, you know, who was terrific in, at, uh, in the playoffs for the Panthers last year. I couldn't believe he played that well, but 
during the course of a full regular season, can he maintain that standard? You got Igor Zamula and Nick Sealer rounding out this uh, blue line. So a lot of youth, a lot of depth concerns there. And Carter Hart, how's he going to fare? Still with the Flyers. There was talk he might be moved in the offseason, but that's not the case. He's still with them and will start tonight. And then you've got Columbus, who, you know, they're betting Philadelphia here like they know the final score. You know, Columbus opened here around minus 140. Uh, as home favorites in this game. And now we're close to about pick them here or, or closer to even money here. I, I haven't bet Columbus yet, but now I am tempted with the drop in the price here on toward the uh, Blue Jackets. I think the Blue Jackets, first of all, you get the stench known as Mike Babcock the hell out of there. Uh, good riddance. That's finished. Uh, you got a situation now where you got Pascal Vincent, who to me is someone that is deserving of an opportunity. He's been coaching a long time. You know, that's probably addition by subtraction. There's a lot of lot of potential here with this young core that they're starting to build. Justin Danforth is healthy. Don't forget how well he was playing before he got hurt last year. Marchenko, Adam Fantilli, of course, the third overall pick, will make his NHL debut tonight. You've got Patrick Lyonnais looked awesome in the preseason. I'll say that. Patrick Lyonnais looked really, really geared in in the preseason. He was lighting it up. Uh, maybe it's a sign he's responding to the new coach as opposed to the rotten old one. Uh, he'll be centering the top line with Goudreau and Cole Sillinger. Tex, Tessier, Jenner, and Bemstrom on the second line has some potential to it. You know, this is not a bad forward group. The blue line's the key, right? You've got Wierenski healthy again, uh, which is great. Uh, Andrew Peak is someone that needs to play better. He had some ups and downs last year. The X factor is Provorov. Provorov a couple of years ago when he broke in with Philadelphia looked like he was going to be a stalwart, you know, Norris Trophy caliber defenseman. Then it kind of fell off for him. Not kind of, it did fall off for him the last couple of years in Philly, but a change of scenery, a fresh start, clean slate should hopefully help things out for him. They bring in Damon Severson from New Jersey, a veteran presence, Jake Bean, who they got prior to last year from Carolina is finally healthy. He'll be with Eric Goodbranson on the third pair, which is nice because Bean can skate. Goodbranson's more of the plotting defenseman, physical defenseman. So that's a nice pair. You can you know, their styles kind of mesh a little bit. You got the guy that can lug the puck, move the puck, skate a little bit. Branson can take care in his own end. And then you've got Elvis Merzlikens. Is he in a better frame of mind? I think so. You know, it sounds like he's starting to put the tragedy of his teammate passing away behind him. Kev Lennox will see if that leads to better performance on the ice for Merzlikens. Um, I, I'm very close to moving in on Columbus here. I am. Uh, I think there's a little too much flyer love here, uh, considering Columbus was minus 140. They're down to minus 120 uh, here in this game. So I haven't bet it yet, but I'm close to maybe pulling the trigger here on the uh, Blue Jackets here, uh, minus 120. Alex, what do you think here? Flyers, Blue Jackets. Yeah, we got robbed of our uh, grumpy old men bowl matchup with uh, Babcock now being fired against Tortorella. But uh, no, I think think Columbus. I'm going to jump in and say one thing about that. You can say what you want about their coaching style and they can be grumpy and all that. I really truly believe Tortorella cares for the human beings. Oh, I do. I'm not sure I believe that with Babcock now after what I've seen. Right. Yeah. No. Good. Good point. Yeah. Right. Right. It's it's more of a it's a business straightforward business yeah. approach with with Tortorella and and his grumpiness is more toward the media than anyone. So yeah, uh, yeah it, it it is two, two different. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So two different styles for sure. But uh, but I think Columbus will play a little bit more inspired at least early. They're not a good team, but with Pascal Vincent taking over, that should just give them kind of just that. It's the same renewed energy you'd see in the middle of the season, right? If you're talking about firing a coach who had lost the room and bringing in somebody new. I think we see that kind of a spark early with, with Columbus, but it's going to rely on goaltending for both teams uh, in this game and in the season. Of course, Elvis Merzlikens, we talked 
ad nauseum about all the things that he's dealt with over the last few seasons. Finally took time away that he, that he needed. Feels like he's ready to come back. If he can be at his top level form, then Columbus could be one of those teams where, like I said, they're not going to make a playoff run, but they'll be, you know, they can win games like this. This is the perfect spot to back Columbus if he's back to his full form. On the flip side with Carter Hart, he's a guy who, you know, I think at this point a change of scenery is going to be needed. And, you know, I, I love the fact that they got a guy who needed a change of scenery backing him up now in Cal Peterson. So that'll be the interesting dynamic to see. I would lean here with Columbus, though. Like I said, this price has come down. This is a, a reasonable price for Columbus. And like I said, the only time I'd be laying a price with them would be earlier in the year. I'm sure once they get into uh, their their form that we're expecting and, and they just become a below 500 team, we're not going to get any prices close to this. And, and we'd only be looking to take them as gigantic dogs. But for right now, fresh team, I think they have the better offensive edge here in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Columbus. I'll lay the dollar twenty. All right, Columbus minus 120. I'm starting to look at it, too. The home team won all four meetings last year. Philly won both games in Philadelphia. Columbus won both games here at uh, Nationwide Arena. So yeah. it's been a homer series last year. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go in on Columbus as well. I might go in on the over a little bit, too, maybe a little less. I like Columbus more than the total, but I can't deny series history. And if you were betting totals based on series history with Colorado L.A. last night, you did pretty well. We talked about it. every game went over the total. Oh last year between the two teams same thing with the philly columbus all four games went over the total five two five four five three and four three uh the final scores 12 uh, and 12 and four to the over last 16 games yeah 12 and four. definitely a good prop game too i'll get to those in uh, just a second but uh yeah and definitely i want to point out something too you know and that about the tortorella babcock comparisons i truly think you know tortorella is gonna care about the growth of a person you know, where he's not going to be ripping through players' phones. He's not going to be saying, write down who the hardest working and the least hardest working player is on the team and then talk about the shit, you know, in front of everybody. Right. You know, I don't think Torts is doing that. So you can't, yeah, they're, he's tough. He's tough on his players. There's no doubt. But you can't compare the human being behind that toughness that he exudes to his players compared to Babcock. You can't do it. Yeah. You just yeah. can't. Uh, what do you think here, Jason? Philly Columbus. Uh, like you say, it's, it's going to be a pretty tight. I think the, um, I always want to try to lean towards a home team for an advantage, uh, when it's this close. Um, so, and like you say, like the, with Columbus, the stuff that's gone on in the summer, they probably want to put it past them and move on. So I think they're going to come out with a big push right away. And, uh, if they can jump on Philly, especially early on in the first 10 15 minutes of the game, try to get that first goal, get the crowd behind them and they can kind of relax and get to play the game and stuff. So um, I'm kind of leaning towards Columbus. I think a little bit uh, like you guys are, uh, but it will be a good, I think it'll be a tight game. Um, you know, whether it goes over or not, I'm not sure, but uh, I think it'll be a fairly tight game. A couple props. I like, I'm going to buy in. I'm, I'm drinking Patrick Lyon, a Kool-Aid tonight. Because I thought he was confident with the puck. Offensively, he was outstanding in the preseason. So as far as Lion A goes tonight, we're going to take the goal prop, which is around plus a 150 or so um, in this one. The point prop's too high, but I'll take the goal prop for Lion A uh, in this one at plus 150. I think if you look at Philly, you know, you could take some small shots with some of these top six guys that are up there and unexpectedly up there. You know, Owen Tippett's always worth a look because he seems to get in on a lot of the offense but how about Bobby Brink here? Bobby Brink's playing on the top line, and I guarantee you he's going to be one of these players not priced like it. 
Sure enough, that's the case. Plus 350 at FanDuel for Bobby Brink to score a goal. And again, he's on the top line uh, tonight. If you if you want Fantilli to score in his NHL debut, plus 360 is out there at Caesars. I mean, that's that's not bad. And he looked pretty comfortable in the season. He is. He is. I might just uh, sprinkle a couple bucks on that at plus 360. <laughs> I like what I saw Jason out of him in the preseason. He's he's an older guy too, right? He's a, a kid that's an 04 that has a late birthday. Um, and uh, so he's he is a year older than a, a lot of these young guys that are coming into the league that are 05s that were, say, first rounders and stuff like that. So, um, you know, and going the, you know, college route, uh, sometimes you get a little bit more kind of that extra year of, of, of development where, uh, you know, you, you're not pushed into the NHL at a, at a very young, young age. Now, he's still young. I get that. But, um, you know, I think the way he's handled himself, uh, the way that he's, you know, played in the preseason – they're going to rely on him a lot and um, you know, he's going to get uh, a regular shift and he's going to be out on the power play, whether it's the first or second one. So he'll get lots of opportunities definitely to score tonight. He just got to make sure he shoots the puck. There you go. Great insight there from a Jason again, plus three sixty. I'm just saying that's not a bad price for someone that, and you know, and he's, and he's, you know what I've noticed too. And Bedard, we saw it with him. He said it in the media and I'm sure Fantilli thinks this way. And a lot of these high draft picks think this way. I want to get the first goal out of the way. I want to yeah. get it over with. I want to get it and just be able to move on and not talk about it again. And Bedard even said that, or they mentioned this on the broadcast last night, but it's so good that Bedard's going to go to these freaking media hotbeds now, Montreal and Toronto for Chicago's next two games and not have to talk about when are you going to get your first goal or still waiting on that first goal. So, and I think now Fantilli is going to be thinking the same thing. You know, well, let's get that first goal out of the way. So I think you're going to see him really aggressive uh, and look to uh, get on the board sooner rather than later for them tonight. A couple of shots props, too, um, in that game. Uh, Goudreau, I think, overshots on goal, worth a look uh, in that one. Lion A overshots on goal because I think he's definitely going to be looking to shoot the puck. Why not? Because of the preseason that he had. Uh, and then on the uh, Philadelphia side of the equation, um, you know, uh, you could look at probably – uh, Konechny and Atkinson potential shots on goal candidates. So a couple of good props there I'll be looking at as well. New York Rangers, Buffalo Sabres. We've got the Rangers minus 135 road favorites, six and a half being the total in this one. It's just one of the better games of the night, more intriguing games of the night. Uh, the New York Rangers been to the playoffs two years in a row. Looked like they were on the precipice of, you know, Stanley Cup contention a couple of years ago, got to the East final and then took a step back last year. I mean, up to nothing against New Jersey. And then the Devils just took complete control of that series after that. It led to the uh, dismissal uh, of uh, Gerard Gallant as head coach. In comes uh, Peter LaViolette uh, taking over here as head coach of the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, and look, LaViolette, the one thing he's done is he's led his teams to good success in year one. Uh, no question about that. Can that be the case here against the uh, Buffalo Sabres? I will say with the Rangers and Sabres, when these teams met last year, Buffalo played them tough. You look at the uh, three head-to-head -head meetings last season, they all went beyond regulation. Uh, two to, into overtime, one in a shootout, and Buffalo won two of those three meetings against the New York Rangers. And now keep in mind that Buffalo, we think, is not only a little bit better, potentially a lot better coming into this season and I love what they're doing. And you've seen it this week. They sign Rasmus Dahlin long-term. 
Last night, they make it official. They've signed Owen. I've got the power. Owen Power, long-term. I love what they're doing. You know, they are they are signing their core nucleus for long-term, and now they're going to try to build around it uh, moving forward. That's how you build, you know, what you hope to be is a foundation that will lead you back to the promised land. So I love what Kevin Adams, the GM, is doing uh, right here with the uh, Buffalo Sabres right now, getting these key pieces signed long-term. I mean, it goes without saying how much I love the forward group. Uh, Skinner with Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. That's going to be a really good top line. Uh, J.J. Paterka, I think watch out for Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins, to me, is that guy that's going to really have his best year. What is this now, his fourth season uh, in the NHL? Really his third full season. Uh, and he is someone that's improved every single year. He had 68 points and 31 goals last year for the Buffalo Sabres. He's going to, and, and he's just that constant work ethic type of player. Always hard effort. Every shift he's, you know, on the puck. The effort is off the charts. He'll stick, he'll, he has an edge to him as well. A little physical edge. He'll drop the gloves every now and then. I love, he might, he's captain material potentially for the Buffalo Sabres uh, in the future. Dylan Cousins, like what I see from him, the workhorse from Whitehorse, as Dan Dunleavy, uh, the Sabres uh, play-by-play man says. Uh, Greenway added for a little muscle. Uh, it is a potential, I believe, that Casey Middlestat uh, maybe out tonight, day-to-day upper body injury, uh, suffered in practice. He still could be available tonight. It's going to probably be game-time decision, and I like the way Casey played down the stretch. How about another? We talked about Fraser Minton yesterday on the show making the um, Toronto Maple Leaf straight out of training camp uh, at 19 years old. How about Zach Benson for the Buffalo Sabres here? 18 years old, and he's made the team. And if you watch Buffalo in the preseason, you know he's earned it. He's deserved it. He's been phenomenal in the preseason for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, a great draft. I love the pick when they made it. And sure enough, he's going to start the season on that third line for Buffalo. I even like the fourth line. Krebs with the veterans, Ocposo and Zemgis Gergensen. It's a good line. Blue line, uh, Samuelson, Darlene, Power, and Yoki Haru are the core. But don't sleep on the two veterans they added, which I think really makes this blue line way better than it was last year. Eric Johnson from the Colorado Avalanche and, of course, Connor Clifton from the Boston Bruins. Two terrific additions, veteran presences on that blue line for Buffalo. And of course, their goalie of the future, Devin Levi uh, in net, who has looked very good, albeit in very little sample size, but they have high hopes for him. Uh, Should be a great goaltending matchup. We expect it to be Shesterkin and Devin Levi, uh, the two goalies tonight. Should be interesting to see how it goes. But I'm going to jump in right away with Buffalo here at a home underdog price. They, They played the Rangers tough last year. They're even better than they were last year, in my opinion. Uh, and um, like I say, they've uh, they've matched up well with this New York Rangers team. And I think, too, when you look at the Rangers this year, you know, there's question marks about the depth at forward for the first time in a while. You know, especially when you get to the uh, fourth line, who's going to chip in? Is Blake Wheeler still have something in the, in the tank for them? I'm interested to see how another guy that's made uh, this team, Will Cooley, uh, how he plays for them. They like him, uh, the New York Rangers. He's going to start on the third line. And I actually don't mind the blue line. Lindgren, Fox, Miller, Truba, Gustafson, Schneider. It's going to come down to those two big first-round picks. Like I said, Kako and Lafreniere have to – this has to be the year they break out. This has to be the year they step up, or else this is not going to be the year the Rangers hope for. I just think there's value right away, off right out of the shoot with Buffalo. Much improved team. I think this is the year they snap the playoff drought. And again, Buffalo beat the Rangers two out of three games last year, and that was a Maybe a better Rangers team, and it was definitely not as good a Buffalo team. 
and they and Buffalo still beat them two out of three. So I'm going to take this home dog price here with the Sabres, Alex, New York, Buffalo. Yeah, I'm on Buffalo, and it's funny. Uh, I bet this game a couple weeks ago, plus 105, thinking by the time we get to you know game night that this Buffalo team would be favored. I'm stunned to see that it's plus 10, plus 15s around. Uh, I think this is this great value on them early in the year. And let's look back at some of the you know previous years, even back to you know when Jack Eichel was there when they were you know still tanking and trying to build this this franchise. They had some really good starts. October, November was some of the best Sabres hockey you saw from them all year long, uh, more often than not. So, you know, we were, it was, I think five years ago, Buffalo was just right behind Tampa around Thanksgiving, leading the Atlantic Division, you know, in, in the Atlantic Division race. So they play well at the beginning of seasons for whatever reason. Like I said, we're talking about different lineups, different coaches. They're just one of those teams that play with like, like the Baltimore Ravens in August and, and September. They always play well that in that opening stretch sometimes you have teams that just get hot right out of the gate and the rangers being a more veteran laden team maybe you know they take their time to to, to get to their full potential and and, and you know kind of take this one a bit slow and buffalo has played them tight for all uh three meetings last year went to overtime or a shootout uh six of the last ten have gone past regulation so a, a sprinkle in the draw here wouldn't be a, a bad look at plus 340. But I think Buffalo wins this game. I think they're going to be fired up, you know, home opener. Uh, someone mentioned in the chat, of course, there'll be, you know, uh, the patch for Rick Jenneret. They'll have a I'll mention in a moment of silence for him, of course, as they start the season. And, uh, you know, all of that energy and, and momentum of a packed house, too, as well, you know. How, how often do we see that you know, often in the last few years in Buffalo? Yeah. yeah. Fans dress as blue seats for years in Buffalo, but now they're actually yeah. wearing jerseys and, and, and attending the game. So uh, I, I like the Sabres here as a, as a home dog. Great point about RJ. And I've got to miss RJ, man. That was a hard day when I found out he passed away. The reason I was a Sabres fan growing up was listening to him. But uh, definitely when I look at um, and they're going to do something because this is the first regular season home game for them. Uh, meaningful game since his passing. So there's going to be some kind of tribute, some kind of moment of silence before the game. And you mentioned every Sabres player all season is going to wear the RJ patch uh, on their jersey, just like the Blackhawks are doing with Rocky uh, this year, of course, Rocky Wirtz after he uh, passed away. So uh, that's going to inspire this team even more. And like I say, should be a great effort. Doesn't mean guarantee a win, but you know, uh, the effort should be there. Of course, I said the effort would be there with Edmonton last night based on the training camp spiel and they lost eight one. So Never take it for granted, but I do think Buffalo will play well tonight. What do you think here, Jason? Uh, yeah, I I don't want to just keep agreeing with you, but uh, I like Buffalo as well. Um, there'll be definitely some money on the board for uh, Darlene and uh, Power for signing those deals. So if the boys want to put a little slush fund together, there, there's going to be some pretty big mo- or pretty good money on the board. So they're going to want to take advantage of tonight. So. Um, but like I said, I, th- I really like uh, what Buffalo's done the last couple of years. They've been a, a team that's just continued to get better and better and better. Um, you know, the goaltending, Levi there, he's uh, had a great world junior um, and kind of just started solidifying himself uh, a little bit last year. Uh, so I'll be surprised to see how he does and how he carries the load of, of being an NHL goaltender on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but I think mentally he looks pretty strong, pretty, pretty steady and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I'm a big fan, uh, of Thompson. I think that kid is, is, uh, a tremendous hockey player. Uh, just, he, he almost reminds me a, a little bit watching him of, a, of a Mario Lemieux, the mm-hmm. way he can slow the game down 
and he just makes things look so easy and he's got that that reach and he uses such a such a short stick and you know he's like just he's got great hands a great shot um you know when he first kind of broke into the league I, I was a big fan of his and I was waiting to see if he could really kind of put things together so it's nice to see him kind of turn things around for himself and really kind of take that step and I think he's a a great player and like you said Dylan Cousins um you know, did a couple practices here in London, actually, and he was out there a couple times. I think it was last year. He spent his summer in London and was skating here. And, man, just watching him in practice, I was like, wow, this kid's going to be good. And, you know, quietly, like you said, 30, I think 31 goals and 60-some-odd points last year. You, you don't hear of him a whole lot, and I think it because of it's, you know, maybe him being in Buffalo. But, man, this kid can play. He's good. He's big. He's a lot bigger than I think that you, you, you kind of give him. But, uh, you know, again, another guy that came out of the World Juniors that, uh, you know, played really well for Canada and is uh, really starting to establish himself as a, a really, really good NHL player. And I like him to get a point. I like I'd sprinkle on the goal prop with Cousins, too, but I definitely like the point prop at minus 120. Uh, I think that, you know, and you don't get the point prop that cheap sometimes. Uh, you got it there with uh, Dylan Cousins, and yeah, I'm on Tage Thompson plus 170 uh, to score a goal. It's not again. It's uh, I actually think his his goal prop should be closer to where they always put Matthews' goal prop and McDavid's goal prop, and you, their goal prop is always around like plus 110, plus 100. Sometimes you got to lay a price. Pasternak, you had to lay minus 150 last night for him to score a goal against Chicago. That's where Tage Thompson should be, you know, because I think that I, th- right. I actually think in this case plus 170 with a guy like Tage Thompson as value, because I don't think he should be priced like that. He should be priced closer to even money. What do you think, Alex? No, I agree. That's almost disrespectful. But yeah, when you think about that in the, in this, the scheme of things, like I said, yeah, he should be priced along with the McDavid's and the Matthews and Pasternak's of the world as far as goal scoring. So we need to grab that value while we can. I'm, I'm telling you on that. And uh, anytime we see him plus money, it's worth a bet because he just that's not going to happen. If he gets a hot like we expect, and I, I have him to win the Rocket Richard Trophy 18 to 1, then yeah, that, that value is going to be gone sooner than later and it won't come back. Yeah, I, I look at I know Matthew's got a hat trick, so great start for him in that Rocket uh, Richard uh, case. Um, uh, but um, yeah, we took some shots, Jason, uh, Alex, with uh, and I sprinkled on Tage's Tate Thompson as well for the Rocket, and I also took Cole Caulfield for Montreal. That was the big swing for the fences yeah. I made up 66 to one. Cole Caulfield to be the Rocket Richard Trophy winner, and he could add two goals last night if that one goal was not disallowed by offside. So, uh, he had a really good start as well for uh, and, and for the Rangers, as far as the props go. Look, I'd focus on Kako and Lafreniere just because they've got to be the guys. I mean, they have to be the ones that step up. Uh, certainly, you know, you're usually going to get goal scoring from Zabanajad and Kreider. Uh, and Heedle's probably another good one, too, if you're going to look at Ranger players because he's just been so underrated for the last few years. But, yeah, it's going to come down to Kako and Lafreniere. They have got to finally play like first-round picks, high first-round picks. We'll see if they can do that this year. All right. One of Jason's former teams next up, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, taking on the New Jersey Devils. Uh, We've got uh, El Diablo, uh, New Jersey here, minus 250. A home favorite, six and a half being the total uh, in this game. Fascinating that it's Detroit, New Jersey, to begin the season once again for the New Jersey Devils. If you remember, it was the scene of the crime last year in the season opener. New Jersey hosted Detroit to begin the season. 
and people were starting to get some expectations for the Devils, but they weren't sure how good they were at that time because, look, they're coming off some down seasons, but it felt like the roster was getting better. We never knew they were going to have that kind of great season like they did last year and get to the second round, but the fan base was very, very cautious early in the season. So they played Detroit in their home opener last year, and they couldn't have played worse. They had a horrible game. They end up losing 5-2, and the score was actually flattering to New Jersey. Detroit beating them in New Jersey 5-2 last year. And that was the scene of the crime when I say that. I'm talking about that's where we heard the Fire Lindy chants emanate uh, in New Jersey last year during that home opener 5-2 loss to Detroit. You know, the same Lindy Ruff that guided that team to that great regular season the rest of the way and and a second-round playoff uh, uh, appearance and just got re-upped and re-signed long-term just this past week, Lindy Ruff. Yeah, this was the Fire Lindy game from last year, the season opener. New Jersey host in Detroit, and New Jersey stunk it up. They had a horrible game, and people said, ah, oh, geez, here we go. Devils are going to underachieve again. And Obviously, that was for, couldn't be further from the truth. They ended up having a great season. I think it's going to go a little differently for New Jersey tonight uh, here in this home opener against uh, Detroit. And I think there's going to be some people that know, hey, we uh, they were chanting Fire Lindy in the first game of the year when we played this damn team at home last year. Let's try to avoid that uh, this year here in our home opener against Detroit. Here's my concerns. And I'm interested to hear Jason's thoughts on this for Detroit. I think Detroit's built a nice forward group. I like them up front. I really do. And I think Lucas Raymond's going to have a nice bounce back year. I don't think it was his best year last year in Detroit, but I think he'll be better. Uh, Finally, you've got uh, Robbie Fabry healthy Perron, Dylan Larkin and Debrinkit comes over from Ottawa, uh, of course, in the trade playing close to home, Michigan kid. You know, he'll be fired up to play for the Red Wings. Uh, like Michael Rasmus and Andrew Kopp, Daniel Sprong's a nice addition. So is Clem Costin from um, Edmonton. And then you've got Joe Valeno, who lit it up in the preseason for Detroit. So I like the forward group. They're going to be able to score some goals. I don't trust the blue line. I don't. I don't like the blue line other than Cider. You know, and I think Cider's obviously the, the, the guy they're going to build this blue line around for the future. Mo Cider. Jake Wallman is getting better, but they're asking him to play as a number one pair defenseman now. Is he ready for that? Uh, I like Ben Sherratt's game, defensive-minded physical, but takes some bad penalties sometimes. And then the rest of this blue line, man, just, Justin Hall got overpaid. I'm sorry, he did, by Steve Eiserman, you know, based on his body of work in Toronto. Shane Gostisbehere, they call him the ghost. Oh, he's a ghost, all right, in his own zone. Yeah, he can be a ghost in his own zone, that's for damn sure. Uh, and then you got Jeff Petrie, who's, you know, not been great here these last couple of years, getting older as well. So I don't really love the makeup and the construction of this Detroit blue line. And that's going to put pressure on Billy Huso, James Reimer, and Alex Lyon. And they kept three goalies, Detroit, uh, on the roster coming into this season. So I've got concerns about their ability to keep the puck out of their own net. And that's really going to be put to the test here by what could be this best forward group, deepest forward group among any in the NHL. I mean, Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, Tyler Toffoli, Timo Meyer, Nico Heeshear, Alex Holtz, Andre Pilat, Dawson Mercer, Eric Howla, Tomas Noshek, Michael McLeod, and Curtis Lazar's four strong lines, deep lines, talented lines. They can all get on the scoreboard. That is impressive, what New Jersey's rolling out there with the forward group. Blue Line's got a few more questions, but they loved what they saw from Kevin Ball in the offseason and in training camp. They think he's ready to really take a big step. John Marino was a great addition from Pittsburgh. Luke Hughes is going to be really strong, I think, have a good career. Brendan Smith for some sandpaper on the blue line. Uh, Dougie Hamilton and Jonas Siegenthaler uh, on the top pair. And Siegenthaler's game has improved as well. Vanacek and Schmid in net. It'll be interesting to see how they play. That's the one little concern. But 
New Jersey is going to be able to outscore their problems a lot of nights. I like New Jersey team total here, over three and a half. That's the bet that stood out to me. Rather than take minus 250 or regulation line or any of that, trust this Devils team to be able to get four goals. Again, a Detroit team that, in my opinion, has some defensive question marks coming into this season. So over three and a half at minus 130 at Pinnacle. I thought that was a good price on the Devils team total here uh, in this game. And I also have a smaller bet on the full game over, uh, a little bit more leaning toward the uh, and more bullish on the Devils team total, though, as I think it's reasonable to expect them to get to four goals. And before I get, I'll give you the rest of my props later, but this is a guy we made a lot of money with last year when he got red hot in the second half of the season. And uh, in my best Simon and Garfunkel uh, vocal uh, that I'm about to give you here, Hello, Dawson, my old friend. I've come to bet on you again. Dawson Mercer. Uh, that is exactly what I'm looking at here. Goal prop, point prop. You know how many times uh, we went to the well with that last year. Uh, we're going back to it right here. Game number one of the season for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Alex, uh, Detroit, New Jersey. So Yeah, this is a game I have circled uh, for a live action. I like this over. But six and a half, so just a little bit high. I think we can get a better value and better number here. Those of you who signed up for the Ice Gas family plan, we went 2-0 with these last night. We, we got a better adjusted price on Bruins and uh, and Hawks first period over and Leafs uh, Habs full game over. So that's what I'm, I'm tar targeting here. I like the over, like I said, New Jersey's offense is just going to be red hot. I think that's what's going to carry them more nights than not. So they can deal with Vanacek and Schmidt if they falter a little bit. Like I said, they'll give up three or four goals, but they'll probably get six or seven a night when they're fully clicking. This is a, a dangerous team. So I don't see Detroit keeping up pace with them necessarily. It's a full game. New Jersey should win it, but I think they'll have enough uh, chances on their own. So I'll go with the over, but I'll get a better number and wait for it in the game. All right, uh, Jason, your former team Detroit against New Jersey. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to go with the Red Wings. Uh, All right. Uh, I, I love New Jersey. I, I think they're a good, very, very, very good hockey team. Uh, they're young. They're exciting to watch. They're fast. Um, you know, and I think they're going to do just fine this year. Like they'll, they'll make the playoffs. I, I have a good feeling about that. And I think they could, you know, surprise a few teams. They're, they're still missing a few pieces, but I think the coaching's there, the four groups there, they got a good decor, but like you said, the goaltending is where I have my issue a little bit there. Whether those guys can come in and, and do the job is, is is going to be up to them and how they play team defense. Uh, the reason why I also like Detroit tonight is they have more of a veteran lineup uh, up front and on the back end. And I think that sometimes with the, the younger teams, they can get a little bit overexcited uh where Detroit's going to come in let's just play a greasy simple road game and the young guys are going to want to put a show on for the fans and sometimes that can backfire on you so um you know as much as New Jersey is, is a very exciting team uh I think I'm going to go with the Red Wings tonight all right, there we go. Going, uh, I shouldn't say with his heart because Jason's told me multiple times he doesn't cheer for the Red Wings, doesn't cheer for the Blackhawks, doesn't cheer for any of his former teams that he played for. He's a hockey fan. He's a, he's going to cheer for good hockey. That's what he's right. Is, am I am I right on that? Yeah, I guess you're you, you'd be right for sure. Yeah, I I, I watch everyone, um, and you know the teams that I feel that are you know playing better or whatever. You know, I I 
you know, maybe kind of cater to them and kind of watch them a little bit more, but there isn't a, there isn't like a specific team that I'm like, okay, I'm going to just cheer for those guys. Uh, you know, I just like to watch good hockey and, and, and watch how teams progress throughout the year and see what they do and see what adjustments they, they may make. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it sounds a lot like Alex and I, we're always looking, watching these games uh, very closely every single night. And yeah, it's a uh, good to tend. So much of it is just observation based and things we see that we take from each uh, game uh, and we end up trying to use it uh, moving forward uh, for New Jersey. Uh, as far as, uh, like I say, I, I, the one goal prop I like for Detroit would be Raymond because I actually have Raymond to score 20 goals at a plus price, you know, uh, on the uh, season. Cause I really think just things didn't go well last year, but he's a talented got kid. You know, I think he's going to play a lot better this year for uh, Detroit and his goal props in the plus 350 range. So uh, that's uh, that's a pretty good price for someone that I think it's a, it's a buy sign for on uh, Raymond this year. And then for New Jersey, uh, there's just so many different. Like I say, I like Mercer to score a goal and a point. You know, Jack Hughes should probably find the back of the net. Uh, like I said, plus 125, plus 130. That's certainly uh, possible. Uh, Jesper Bratt, it's going to be interesting because Jesper Bratt didn't have a great playoff. He is a good regular season player. And when you see someone that plus 220 that's going to play on the top line, you know, that's always a prop potentially uh, of uh, interest as well uh, for uh, New Jersey tonight in this game with uh, Bratt. Uh, Toffoli, of course, is a great addition uh, for this team. And I think there's a lot of, I think they're going to rack up the shots on goal tonight, New Jersey. This could be a good Billy Huso over saves prop game because I think New Jersey definitely will uh, fire a lot of shots on net. Uh, Meyer Hughes uh, are certainly good, you know, over shots on goal candidates here for the uh, Devils. Uh, no question. So there's a couple of props there uh, I would be looking at as well. All right. Next up, we continue along St. Louis Blues, Dallas Stars. We've got Dallas minus 210 to minus 220 home favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. St. Louis. Um, I love that they made Braden Shen captain. I said that before. Um, what. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure it's going to be a great season for this team on the ice. I want, I will say this about St. Louis. One positive for them, too, as well, based on preseason. Now, again, he's got to show it in the regular season. Robert Thomas looked excellent. Absolutely terrific in the preseason for St. Louis. And he needs to have a bounce back year. He is going to be counted on now for this team. You know, 18 goals in 73 games last year was not great uh, for him. He's going to be playing on the top line and centering it with Jordan Cairo and Pavel Buchnevich. So he's going to have a big year for Rob, uh, for the Blues, Robert Thomas, and his preseason was pretty strong. So, you know, I might be interested here in something along the lines of a prop uh, bet involving uh, Robert Thomas here tonight uh, in this game. Like he's plus 380 at uh, a couple places, plus 350 to plus 380 to score a goal. He is centering the top line, you know, and you can get that kind of price on him, not to mention he had a good preseason, like I said, and he's minus 140 to get a point. So to me, yeah, Robert Thomas is of interest for me for the St. Louis Blues tonight uh, from a prop standpoint. Other than that, though, what will you get offensively? You've got Saad, Shen, Kapanen's just, oh, he's uh, he's uh, up and down like a roller coaster. You don't know always what you're going to get with him. Uh, Jacob Brana, you know, hopefully he stays healthy, but, you know, they're hoping a full season will help them offensively with him. Uh, last year, again, with uh, Detroit and St. Louis, was relegated to 25 games. And it's got to be concerning that the last two years, he hasn't played more than 26 games. The injuries have really, really hurt for Jacob Verana. But he is a talented offensive player when he is uh, available and on the ice. The blue line, I don't love it. I think they're going to have issues. Nick Letty, getting old. Pareko, 
not the young buck he once was. Tory Krug, injury plagued, and on the you know the latter side of thirty now. Justin Falk, same thing. You know what I mean? That's a lot of tire. That's a lot of tread on those tires defensively on the blue line right now for the St. Louis Blues. You know, and that's going to be something that does concern me. Just the overall, you know, the slowing down the average age of that blue line. Even Scandella, you know, who is he's been around a long time. You know, Scandella's thirty three now. You know, that is a aging blue line for the St. Louis Blues. Certainly a big concern for me. And uh, Bennington and uh, Joel uh, Hofer are going to have to deal with that uh, all season because I think that blue line is a worry for me for St. Louis. It's why I think they're going to be a bit of an over team. I think there's some offensive potential. I think they're going to struggle in their own end. Um, This is one, too, like the New Jersey game. What I'm going to do here is Dallas team total, uh, which I do like in this game. I like Dallas team total over three and a half around minus 125. I think it's reasonable the Stars can score four goals. They actually look like a pretty good offensive uh, squad up front this year with Robertson, Sagan, and Pavelski, who still has a lot in the tank. Ben Johnston, uh, Delandria. And remember what Wyatt Johnston did last year for this team. He was absolutely terrific. Now, he does have an upper body injury, but they're hopeful he's going to play for Dallas tonight. Mason Marchment, Matt Duchesne comes over. Dodonoff was good once Dallas got him. Um, you know, that's good to see. Now, the big loss tonight is obviously Rope Hintz. Uh, he won't play tonight, upper body injury. Uh, that's obviously uh, a blow for someone, for a guy that gave them 75 points, 37 goals uh, last year. But they've got, I think, a better offensive roster this year than last year based on, and Duchesne's still got something in the tank. I've never been a huge Duchesne fan the last couple of years, but I think he's fired up. He's playing for a team that could win in the playoffs now, cup contender. Um, I think you're going to get good things from Duchesne just based on the situation. He goes from a team that's been languishing Nashville, you know, to a pretty good team in Dallas. So I like the team total for the stars uh, and also would lean toward the full game over as well. Alex, what do you think? Blues stars. Yeah. I was just doing a little bit of research and looking back. This is funny. I like the first period over in this, but the trend, the, we haven't seen a first period over cash only once in the last eight meetings, seven of those, no score, uh, at all. So that's a little concerning with that trend. But like I said, it's a new season. And like I said, guys like Matt Duchesne playing with this team. And I don't know if Dallas, you know, I don't think they get enough credit being a true Stanley Cup contender from the media. And I say that as it's a, it's kind of a, pos- a positive. They're not going to be reading the press clippings and saying, okay, you know, thinking that, hey, we got this in the bag. We can run away with the West. They're going to be working hard still. Everybody's looking at Colorado. Everybody's looking at Edmonton. Everybody's looking at Vegas three-peat. No one's really talking about Dallas the way they should, in my opinion. Uh, you know, this is a, a quality team, one of the best goaltenders in the world when he's on point, and, and Jake Odger, like you said, a wealth of talent. They're going to miss Ruth Bay Hintz tonight, but once he's back in, uh, that's one of the best forward groups in the league, if not the best. Uh, like I said, we saw the offensive potential that they had. I think I like this first period over, but 150 is a little steep. Once again, this will be one I'll be waiting for alive. You can grab a 130 if you have fan duel. So for the, for show purposes, we will go over one and a half goals in the first period, minus 130. And uh, again, we, after what I saw from Edmonton, never say never in your first game. Sometimes you think a team's going to be coming out storming and they play awful. But I think Dallas, the way that ended against Vegas, it ended with a whimper in the Western Conference final. I think they come out with a nice first game here. Like I say, I like that team total uh, for uh, the Dallas Stars here tonight uh, in uh, this game. Uh, Jason, what do you think here? St. Louis, Dallas. Yeah, I I would say I like the, the Dallas Stars. Um, St. Louis could be one of those teams that really kind of is in a rebuild 
Uh, I think they get halfway through the season and, and they're going to see, okay, hey, things aren't kind of working out. And they may ship some guys off and stuff like that and get something, you know, new and younger guys up and, and start developing those guys. But like you said, you never know what can happen. Uh, but for, for tonight's game, for sure, I, I think Dallas is, is a team that uh, has something to prove. They, they, they went out last year uh, not the way they wanted to. And uh, Jim Nill and his staff, I had Jim Nill as an assistant GM in Detroit. Uh, and I said, as soon as he became GM in Dallas, I said it was just a matter of time before he brings the Stanley Cup there. Um, you know, he's uh, very, very well respected. Yeah, very well respected. Has a great mind for the game and uh, knows how to develop players and stuff like that. So you know, Wyatt Johnson comes in, has a great season last year. You know, I think he looked at he could uh, you know improve on those numbers hopefully this year because they're going to need him to. And then, you know, look at a lot of their, their veteran guys, you know, bringing in Duchesne. I was able to play with him a little bit uh, uh, during the lockout in, in uh, Switzerland. And, uh, you know, great guy, um, you know, wants to win. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see how he does. Uh, you know, I think with the right team, the right fit, put him in the right situation. Uh, he could really kind of flourish in this type of uh, environment. So, um, you know, I think Dallas could be a team that you could really will kind of fly under the radar a little bit, but towards playoff time, there's going to be a lot of teams that don't want to play them. Yeah, I think there's 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 still great potential in the Western Conference for Dallas. And the one thing that they have over L.A., uh, I love the L.A. center ice a little more than Dallas. The roster for L.A. is a is, is excellent, but I'll take Jake Ottinger over there, two goaltenders. Oh, absolutely. And that, yeah. and that could be, a, <laughs> that could end up being a big time difference maker in the Western Conference pecking order. Then, and I'm looking at these defensemen for uh, Dallas over LA. I'm looking at the defensemen here again for St. Louis. I mean, the age does bother me. It really does. Pareko, 30, you know, years old. Letty, 32. Uh, Krug, 32. Falk, 31. Scandella, 33. I mean, <laughs> They're all well into the latter years of their careers, these guys. You know, and this was a team that defensively last year, 27th in the NHL, 3.63 goals allowed per game. You know, and I don't think it's going to get any better, you know, quite honestly. Uh, with uh, again, tread on the tires for this Blues defense. And uh, that worries me here. Uh, unless Bennington's ready to get back to steal the game, stand on his head, Bennington. But then we haven't seen that level of his game for a couple of years now. He's got to stay in the penalty box. <laughs> yeah, yeah I believe yeah. stop the pucks instead of trying to fight everyone yeah. I, I hope yeah. some goalie obliges and he, and he gets out of the system once you know I not to mention we'd yeah. love to see a good goalie fight this season too so you know what that would be amazing I think that he would welcome that with uh with open arms um and uh yeah like you said it'd be great to see two goaltenders go at it but you know he seems to be that kind of guy that's really feisty and wouldn't mind getting a fight in for sure. So, like you say, hopefully someone takes him up on that and, uh, like you say, get it out of his system. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's going to happen. He will have a fight in an NHL game oh, uh, sure. at some point. I'm convinced <laughs> of it. Just a question of when it's going to be. All right, we got three games left. we got Seattle going to Music City, uh, taking on the Nashville Predators, Seattle Kraken, uh, Nashville Predators, minus 110 even money, uh, both sides, six the total in this game. I ain't jumping off the Seattle train after one loss. Of course not. 
Uh, it was a tough game for them against Vegas. I thought they came out storming. They could have had a couple of goals in the first five minutes. Aiden Hill was great. Puck wasn't bouncing for them. Puck wasn't settling down. They had a bunch of chances. They couldn't bury one of them. Wouldn't you? And then they had a power play early too. And they, again, the power play let them down big time. They're going to have to work on that and get better at it. And sure enough, right after that first power play failed and all those chances and all the zone time early, one chance at the other end for Vegas and it's in the net one, nothing. And you know, they just never regained the momentum after that. I like Seattle here. I'm going to keep it short and sweet minus one ten. They're the better of these two teams. I know Nashville put up a nice little fight there against Tampa Bay, but it was a Tampa Bay team learning a new defensive system, a Tampa Bay team without Andre Vasilevsky. This is going to be a bit more of a challenge. Seattle's won two of the three meetings in Nashville uh, against the Predators uh, since this team uh, has been there. So uh, I think it's a bounce back spot for Seattle. Uh, you know, and uh, I thought they played, I th actually thought they played better than a 4 1 final score would indicate. Uh, the other night in that game. So Seattle for me, minus 110. Looks like in this game we should see a Philip Grubauer, UC Soros a matchup, but only Grubauer's confirmed uh, as of right now. I also like McCann goal, McCann prop. This is props that I'm just going to be looking to ride again and again. His shots on goal prop, McCann, is worth a look too. He went over that again in game one against Vegas. Uh, done props as well. I've talked about him, all worth a look. Those are the two guys, man. Jared McCann and Vince Dunn. If you haven't been betting their props, start tonight. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Seattle, Nashville. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like I said, on, on those props, this, this is now the time. If you're looking forward to you know streaks, this is the beginning of the year. Start looking for guys and start riding streaks now and, and building upon those rather than trying to jump into the, to them for the middle. Uh, and then all of a sudden now they're hitting a, a kind of a rocky road. So. Definitely want to want to do that if you're looking to bet player props. But I like Seattle here. I wasn't going to bet this game if Seattle won the opener against Vegas. I thought that that would you know would have been kind of a different scenario where okay now they got the big win against the you know division team beating the you know champions at, at their home rink and then going to Nashville. I think that would have been a different feel. But the way that they lost that game, like I said, Aiden Hill just completely shut them down. They played a great game. I think they can carry that momentum over and say hey like, let's just do exactly what we did in Vegas here in Nashville against a much weaker team. Uh, I know UC Saws is a good goalie, but I, he's – I got Aiden Hill ranked higher than him right now, honestly. And and I have UC Saros in my top ten. So that uh, – you know, that's saying, like I said, the way he played and when he's on his A game, he's 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 hard to beat. UC Saros is just a little step below. I think Seattle can bring the pressure to Nashville and win this game. So $1.10 is a fair price. I got a five earlier, but uh, that's how – I would even look at regulation uh, as well. I got a gut feel too. Another prop that interests me on the Seattle side: Ellie Tolvin in revenge game uh, ah, against yep. his old team, Nashville. Dumped him. Didn't want him anymore. Uh, put him on waivers. Seattle scoops him up, and with Seattle, he's been a hell of a player for them. Plus three twenty to score a goal. Plus one thirty oh, yeah. to get a point. Sign me up, Ellie Tolvin, and he wants to show out tonight. I think against his former team. What do you think here, uh, Jason? Seattle, Nashville. Uh, I, I like Seattle. Um... They're just a, they're a good young team. Uh, Nashville is always a tough place to play, though. Um, anytime you go into that building, it's loud. Uh, fans really kind of get behind their team. Uh, but I, I think that there's some, some pieces missing uh, on the Nashville team that they're not going to be as strong this year. Um, you know, they had a, an okay season last year. Uh, but I think, you know, they've got a new coach in. Um, and I just, Seattle's just been kind of that team that just kind of finds a way to keep rolling. Uh, they're tough to stop. 
their, their speed. They just play a system that they all seem to kind of get. And they just, uh, you know, I, I see them kind of going in there and just kind of, just kind of doing their thing and, and playing their a simple road game and, and just being able to, to, to get the victory here. So, um, you know, I, I like Seattle. Uh, like I say, Nashville is a team that I'm a little bit worried about right now. How the hell, by the way, and this is another, there's a prop I like on the Nashville side. Actually, if I were to look at anything Nashville, I'd look at maybe a no back point prop again. He got one of their goals the other night, but especially, and I can't believe it. I had Philip Forsberg over shots on goal against Tampa. He had six. He's healthy. He's one of the few constants that Nashville has offensively. They're not a great offensive team, but Philip Forsberg, when he's healthy, is one guy that they count on, they need, and they rely on, and you know he's going to be shooting the puck a lot. How the hell is his shots on goal prop not adjusted after six shots the other night against Tampa Bay? Over two and a half minus 145. You got to take that. You absolutely have to. Uh, Philip Forsberg is looking to shoot the puck quite a bit. They know the offense has to go through him this season because you've lost guys like Duchesne and Johansson and others uh, from this team, and it's a younger group. So uh, that's absolutely uh, a good look to um, uh, with uh, props there with uh, over two and a half for uh, Forsberg. Uh, we're getting the word from our guy, Jason Williams, who's done a great job as our guest that he's going to have to roll here in a few minutes. So we'll just ask you about the last two games quickly, and then Alex and I will uh, wheel back around and talk about them. Uh, what do you think here, Jason, with Florida, Minnesota tonight? Uh, with this Florida team, they're a bet against team for me because of the absences of Ekblad and Montour to begin the year. But do you trust Minnesota, who I'm actually, believe it or not, not overly high on either uh, right now? What do you think here, Panthers Wild? Yeah, that one's a toss-up. I don't – I'm not uh, – I'd probably stay away from this one. <laughs> uh, but if I'm if – if you're asking me who I, I would take um, – I don't know. I think I, I'm going to have to go with Florida uh, just for this one. Um, again, Minnesota is a team that's, I think they, they haven't found their stride yet. They're, they're a good team. And I think they have a lot of potential to be a good team and they could be a team that kind of really steps it up this year. Uh, they have the, the personnel I find to, to do it. Uh, it's just that if they all gel together and, and come together as a team, but uh, with what Florida did last year, I think just with the, you know, the playoff run that they had, I think I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt right now. I think that uh, they're going to want to try to get off to a good start. Uh, but, you know, obviously missing a couple of guys uh, will be tough. But, you know, anytime you're missing a couple of guys it also provides an opportunity for, for someone else to step up and, and, and maybe cash in on that. I mean, I, I'm so frustrated because Florida's right up there, a circle as one of my top bet against teams early in the season. Then I saw the schedule come up. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. They're playing Minnesota the first game of the season. God, God damn it. I mean, that's because I'm, you know, you know, I've got some issues about with Minnesota as well. Trust me. Uh, there's no question. But uh, I hear what you're saying. Still trust that experience that the uh, Panthers had getting to the final watch. And then the last game, Vegas against what could be the expansion team. Uh, of the NHL this season, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, look, it looks almost too easy. Uh, I have some thoughts on this game later, but uh, what do you think here, Vegas, San Jose? I mean, Luke Cunning on the top line, Jason. I mean, what can you say? I mean, that's 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 horrendous. And I like Luke Cunning as a player, but not on the top line. I mean, it is patchwork up front. The blue line's got issues, a lot of youth. And then you've got a Kako Kakinen, Kapo Kakinen, a Mackenzie Blackwood goaltending oh, tandem. Brutal, brutal. This is rough for San Jose. Yeah. 
it's it's uh it's gonna be tough sledding i think for san jose but you know maybe some of their young guys are able to step up and and have some early success <clears throat> will it last long i don't think so but um when you're matched up against the stanley cup champions you know they're they're gonna come in and i think that they're gonna basically you know just play play their game they're a heavy team they're tough to play against um and and just with their experience and what they went through last year um you know any game is can go either way that's the the, the best thing about the nhl is that you know any team can win any given night you look at the the edmonton oilers last night in vancouver i think 99 of people probably would have picked edmonton to win that game but they laid an egg and vegas can lay an egg it could happen so uh, I just don't see it happening tonight. I think uh, the the Golden Knights are off to a good start. They want to continue to show that they're a contender again. And, um, you know, they've got majority of their guys that are healthy. So I think uh, I would take the, the Golden Knights tonight for sure. Yeah, there is some concern that San Jose has been a thorn in their side at times. I mean, last year they actually split the season series. Uh, San Jose won uh, once in Vegas. Uh, and Vegas uh, won once in San Jose, so they split at home at, in both buildings last year. But I'm telling you what, this is a this is the worst roster on paper in the NHL this season. The San Jose Sharks, in my opinion. Jason, we'll let you run, but before we let you go, best bet if you had to make one tonight, what would you what would you go with? Uh, well, I'd, I'd probably maybe go with uh, if I was going to do the Golden Knights, uh, I'd put either a lot down on that or go for a home run and i would take a lot on san jose to maybe upset the gold knights with uh with the odd wise wow how about that that would be bold uh but you know what you know they had the big stanley cup night where we thought maybe that was going to be a hangover night for vegas but they won that game uh seattle you know it was a team that gets them a little more stoked than maybe a san jose could they be walking into a game where they sleepwalk i don't know i gotta see it before i believe it with uh, Vegas tonight. We'll see. But Jason, this was awesome. We'll get you back on the show throughout the season. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Glad you could join us again. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. Thank you very much. All right. Great stuff there. Uh, Jason Williams, uh, former NHLer, joining us again on the Ice Guys show and always a great listen. I mean, really good. I love what he said about the money on the board too, talking Mm -hmm. about Buffalo with uh, Darlene and Power. That that actually matters. That's like It's unbelievable how the players just will skate through a wall. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, to win those games when there's money on the board in the dressing yeah. room. So that's nice insight there uh, delivered by uh, Jason Williams. All right, Florida, Minnesota. Uh, again, I am going to actually take a small bet on Minnesota. But, man, I just wish Florida was playing someone other than them because I've got my questions about uh, the Wild coming into this season as far as their forward group. Uh, look, Boldy was great in the regular season. It was Bo- Boldy, uh, the playoffs was bad for him. But in the regular season, he did produce. That's the hope this year is that he'll be a reg- regular season. Matt Boldy will show up again uh, for them this year. You know, Kaprizov will do his thing. In fact, I think he's going to have a pr- probably a pretty a big year for Minnesota. He's got to be a big component of the offense. I do like that Ryan Hartman's back in the fold. Uh, got a contract extension done with him. I like his game uh, overall. But, man, I mean, this fourth and third line, man, who's going to score? Marcus Foligno? Marco, Marco Rossi didn't do dick all. Uh, yeah. Last year, with the Minnesota Wild, uh, Frederick Gaudreau, uh, Patrick Maroon, Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame. That plugging line is going to work hard, and I like the big rig because he'll drop them with you anytime. But my goodness, that's not a team that's a line that's going to give you a lot 
the offensive end. The blue line, you know, it's imperative, you know, to have everybody healthy, and they're already starting the year with Jared Spurgeon out. You right. know, and that's huge because he's probably the best defenseman they've got. But Brodine's healthy, and they missed him for a bit last year too, and he's kind of suffered. It's you know, Goligoski, Middleton, Merrill, Addison. Eh, that's the way I see. It. Brock Faber's the wild card on that blue line. Brock Faber's got the potential to be really good. Can he? Then they're asking him to play top pair minutes, all situations against the other team's best players right away. Is he ready for that kind of responsibility and play at that kind of level? Well, we're going to find out because Dean Evison's got Brock Faber uh, in that uh, top parrot role to begin the year with Jonas Brodine. Can Philip Gustafson be as good as he was last year? Because he was a lot better than I thought, and which is a good thing for the Minnesota Wild. But, it, you know, I worry about that guy that comes out of nowhere, Alex, to have a great season. And then can he duplicate that the next year? I just worry about that for me with Gustafson, especially when you know Marc-Andre Fleury you know, it's at the winding down his career. He's not the flurry of, you know, his prime. So it's going to be important for Gustafson to play well. Small bet for me, Minnesota minus 130, just because I'm so anti-Florida without Ekblad and Montour. Those are d- damaging losses on the blue line because you got to ask Lawson Tossum, Oliver Ekman Larson to play on the top pair with Forsling. Mikola and Kulikov have to be your second pair. Josh Mahura and this kid um, from Latvia here, Uvis Balanskis. Uh, is going to be on their third pair uh, to begin. That's rough for Florida on mm. the blue line. There's no yeah. question about that. Sam Bennett's not going to play tonight. We know what an emotional spark he can be, especially during the playoffs. And he could miss up to two weeks with the lower body injury for them. So not only out tonight, Sam Bennett, but for a while. Again, if it was another opponent that I'd have more trust in and confidence in, this would be a bigger bet. But still small bet for me, Minnesota, minus 130. Alex, Panthers won. So – a week and a half ago, I bet Minnesota minus 120 at bet MGM. I just thought that was just grabbing a good price. And also, I like the fact that the Wild, historically, home openers, they've been dominant. 17-1-1-1. One, one, one. So there's a tie back there from 2000. But uh, this is this has wow. been a, a trend that I've rolled for, for quite a while. So I've always bet the Wild in their home opener. But I wouldn't endorse a side at this point now. Like I said, the numbers move from 130 to 135. And you also look on the flip side with Florida, one uh big pieces with Sergey Bobrovsky 13-3-1 with a 2.06 goals against a 2.03 goals against and a 931 save percentage in 17 career starts against Minnesota. So this is a team that he gets up for. And you know, Florida, like I said, it's gonna be tough to kind of you know gauge where they are as far as, you know, do they have a Stanley Cup hangover? We've seen with losing teams where they, they just like I said don't really have that energy right out of the gate. And all of a sudden, like I said, they already have any injuries on the blue line. I just think this is kind of a, a weaker spot where, so if I had to take a side, I'd go with Minnesota. I do have that in pocket. I like the first period over here. You can get that. You can lay a dollar thirty, thirty-five. That's one I would lay now. You don't have to wait for that one. I think we might be able to see, uh, you know, that energetic crowd here, uh, XL Energy Center. They're going to be rocking and rolling for sure. I've already seen you know, pictures of people out. I think they're doing the tailgate thing uh, around four or five o'clock. So they'll, it's going to be a, a full house. There's going to be a lot of energy in that building. And I think the Wild can jump on that score early. So I like the first period over one and a half here. Yeah, and I like Kaprizov not only to score a goal, but shots on goal. He has got to be, you know, the guy that the offense goes through. Not that it never doesn't go through him, but especially now, I think beginning the season, uh, absolutely. And you're right, there's Jarek with the stats. He's got three goals in three games, uh, uh, Kaprizov against goalie Bob, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, who of course will be in net for Florida tonight. And by the way, we're prisoners of the moment. We're prisoners of what we saw last. A lot of betters bet what they last saw, especially in the NFL. 
you know, but let's not forget that even though he was amazing in the playoffs, he flipped the switch and was just an incredible out unconscious run in the playoffs for Bobrovsky. Let's not forget this guy had an above three goals against average and barely a 900 save percentage in the regular yeah. season. Let's not yeah. forget that, you know. I think I think we can safely make the declaration that we probably never see Sergey Bobrovsky play in goal the way he did during the playoffs last year. It would be very hard to duplicate that yeah. again. Hats off if he does. But, yeah, I think it's a hard time trusting him here to do that. I'm trying to see if there's anyone on Florida here that would interest me. You know, I think Evan Rodriguez might be someone. Like cool Mint Lusterine and my good buddy there, because I love that nickname. Uh, he's moved up to the second line center spot. Uh, tonight with Kachuk and Cousins. But Evan Rodriguez looks like they've got him on the top line potentially tonight with Carter Verhage and with Alexander Barkov. So there could be a little bit of value in the props there for Evan Rodriguez. And we know what a useful player he can be. A minus 125 to get a point, plus 310 at FanDuel to score a goal. Again, top line player. You know, not priced like it. You know I like those props. Uh, that might be the one to target for Florida. That's definitely the biggest value prop as far as I'm concerned with Florida tonight. All right, next up, the final game of this Thursday card, Vegas-San Jose, Vegas minus 240 road favorite, six and a half the total. You know, our guy Jason Williams, he brought up some nice points that, you know, this could be the night that Vegas is flat. This could be the night Vegas, hey, it's San Jose. We're going to go through the motions here a little bit. And look, San Jose's giving them a tough time. San Jose's given this team a lot of grief the last uh, couple of seasons. Vegas has had a tougher time against this team for whatever reason. Um, but, man, this San Jose team, we've talked about it all summer long in the free agency show, in the preview show we did last week. On paper, the worst roster, it has to be. The forward group is just so thin. You know, they better hope that Barabanov can duplicate what he did last year for them. Uh, Logan Couture is on IR to begin the year. That's un that's really big. Uh, Luke Cunning on the top line. They're, they're putting their hopes in Phillips Adina, a prospect that didn't pan out in Detroit. Mike Hoffman off a brutal year in Montreal. Michael Granlund off a brutal year in Pittsburgh. You know, brutal seasons. And that's the guys they brought in. Mike Hoffman, Michael Granlund, Zadina, a prospect that hasn't uh, panned out yet in the NHL. Um, you got to hope Barabanov can deliver. You got to hope Duclair gives you something in the regular season, which has been an issue for him. And you got to hope as well that this kid, William Eklund, who I think is one of the bigger, better prospects they've got in their lineup to start the season, really flourishes. You're going to need not only William Eklund to show he's ready for NHL duty, he's got to be an impact player offensively because you're going to need it. And I think scoring goals is going to be a chore at times, you know, for this San Jose Sharks team uh, this season. Vegas on the flip side, um, or sorry, the defense for San Jose, um, when you look at it, Ferraro, Burroughs is your top pair, man. That's your top pair, Mario Ferraro and, and, and Kyle Burroughs. He's been from team to team. You know, Vancouver just recently, and he's your top pair defenseman, these two guys. Vlasic is winding down. He didn't have a great year last year. I like Jan Ruda. I do like that. That's the one thing I'll give Mike Greer credit for. Jan Ruda is a nice addition. And then this, this group that's going to be a mishmash, they're going to rotate the third pair between Henry Thrun, Mark, Matt Benning, Nikolai, Nish, Nikolai Nishkov, and Ty Emerson. This is what you're looking. These guys have never seen an NHL ice in a regular season game before. Or rarely, uh, Benning has obviously. Uh, he's a he's been around a long time, but the other three not so much. That's what you're dealing with on the blue line for San Jose. And you got a horrible goaltending tandem on paper. Kockinen at times can be okay, but there's just no consistency there. And then Blackwood, forget about it. You know what I've said about Blackwood for years uh, on this show. So I think it's tough. I want to take Vegas here. The question is, how do I take them? Do I take first period puck line? Do I take the regulation line? 
the regulation lines up to like minus 140 or so, I believe. So I, I think what I'm going to do here is a pinnacle I can get minus 148 with Vegas in regulation. I'm going to sprinkle some on that. And the other half of this bet, I'm going to put on the team total for Vegas here uh, over three and a half, which you can get at minus 134. So I got a minus 148 on the reg line, half on that, half on the team total over three and a half. Minus 134. They got four goals the other night against Seattle. We know San Jose's got issues in goal, issues on defense. Should be able to get four here tonight. Again, yeah, maybe a little sleepwalk concern. I don't know if Vegas is wired that way. So I thought there was sleepwalk concern Tuesday night, and we really didn't see it. They played well. They had a slow start, but they got over with, got it over with, and they've got goalies that can keep a minute with a slow start, even with Logan Thompson starting tonight. For the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's not forget, he looked good in the preseason, Logan Thompson. That's number one. And number two, you think this guy's motivated? Say what you will about the team in front of him, how they'll play. How Will they remain focused? Eyes on the prize, a bad San Jose team. Logan Thompson can't afford that. He knows Aiden Hill's the guy, and he wants to start. He wants to get opportunities to start this season. He's going to want to go out there tonight and put up a brick wall and play well, returning from the injury that he had last year. So this, uh, say what you will about the team in front of him, but I know Logan Thompson's going to be fired up. I know Logan Thompson's going to want to play well because he wants to, he doesn't want to give Aiden Hill 70 starts. He wants to prove to Bruce Cassidy that, Hey, I'm healthy. I'm a pretty damn good goalie too. You can trust me when you put me in net. Um, so I'm excited to see what Logan Thompson delivers tonight. So that's what I'm going to do. A little half of it on Vegas regulation, half of it, on the team total over three and a half minus one thirty-five. Uh, Alex Golden Knights and Sharks. Yeah, I, and I get the the sleepwalking theory that could you know be completely true, but at the same time, I also have two AHL teams ranked better than the San Jose Sharks. So uh, this is this they they could you know probably field half of, of Henderson and still uh, be favored and win this this contest. Like I said, it's just brutal. And, and in Vegas, like I said, they didn't show any signs of, of slowing down. In that opening night game, it wasn't just Aiden Hill playing lights out. They they looked like the team that would won a Stanley Cup. You know, they played a complete game at both ends of the ice. And uh, if they put that effort, like I said, if they copy paste the effort, I talk about that with, with uh, Seattle. But if Vegas copy paste their effort from opening night to this game, they win that eight to two, eight and nine to two. They, they're gonna they're gonna steamroll this team. It's just a complete mismatch, honestly. Uh, but you can't lay, you know, I wouldn't even lay 140 with regulation. The only thing I'm looking at here is the first period over, uh, which I will be uh, looking for an adjusted price. So that'll also be uh, detailed a little bit more inside of the Ice Guys family plan. But I'm going first period over here. I think Vegas can jump out to a solid lead. I'm leaning toward that first period puck line, but plus 120 is not really a ton of value. So I, I probably won't get to the window with that. I'll just, I'll just, you know, take that and load up a little bit uh, heavier on the first period over. All right, there we go. First period over here for uh, Alex and the Golden Knights and the uh, Sharks. And look, he, yeah, Das Freezy, we love you. You're in the chat every day. Uh, you've been watching this show and been in our chat for a while. But um, I got to, you know, you'd rather back uh, Kapo Kakinen than uh, let me sh share the numbers with these two guys from last year. Kakinen, 3.85 goals against 883 save percentage last year for San Jose, Kapo Kakinen. Logan Thompson last year. For the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, 2.65 goals against 9.15 save percentage. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it to you to decide which stats are better. Yeah, Logan Thompson was on the verge of possibly uh, winning the Calder Trophy for yeah. Rookie of the Year last year. So yeah. yeah.
Yeah, I, I get, I get it. Off the injury, maybe there's some slight concern, but no, and I, I know this guy wants to play well because he look, he he knows that look, Aiden Hill's basically cemented as the number one goalie, but he wants to show the coaching staff that you can trust me to start 2025 games this year, uh, and this is a great opportunity for him to get off to a good start. All right, I know this has already become an everyone's favorite segment of the show, or one of your favorite segments, the bargain bin special of the night. And look, one and one. But because that Donato hit was plus 550, still firmly plus units uh, with this bargain bin special uh, of the night segment. Uh, tonight, I'll be honest, was a little more trickier, you know, to come up with a really, really good uh, bargain bin look uh, based on the way the uh, schedule uh, unfolds here tonight. But you know what I'm going to go with here as far as um, the um, bargain bin special? And it's funny because I actually like, let me just make sure the price fits. It does fit the criteria. I like the team, the other team in this game, you know, Dallas, that is. But my bargain bin special of the night is going to be someone from the St. Louis Blues uh, for this game. And it's going to be Robert Thomas, the set, uh, the top line center to begin the season for the St. Louis Blues. You can find him as high as plus 350 at DraftKings and BetMGM, 360 at Caesars, 380 at Batano to score a goal tonight. This guy had a really good preseason, really good. He was scoring. He was involved. He's going to obviously play a ton of minutes on centering the top line for the St. Louis Blues, not only tonight, but this season. If Robert Thomas has the bounce back season, I think he might. Let's grab these great prices with him while we can. Robert Thomas, St. Louis Blues, plus 380. My bargain bin special of the night. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with a pick you mentioned in that Seattle-Nashville game. Ely Toivonen, plus 320. Uh, to get a goal, you know, he'd already scored two goals uh, against Nashville. And they played, I remember that there was two games within a week that they played last year after uh, the waiver claim, I think like maybe like a month after, and he scored a goal in each of those games. So uh, like I said that he's that momentum. And, and like I said, he's just one of those guys, he finds a way to score. You know, he's not going to be a 25, 30 goal scorer, but he'll give you 11 goals and there'll be clutch goals. You know, he's that kind of a guy. He, he does more work that doesn't show up on the score sheet, but when he does show up, it's usually a pretty big goal for the team. So I think he gets one night. So go Ely Torben plus three twenty. I like it. That was on my, uh, that was on my list of candidates for the bargain bin special of the night segment uh, here tonight. So it's a good call there. Uh, I think Thomas, uh, you know, you don't get a top line center. With a good preseason, who's motivated to be a lot better than he was last year. You don't get that kind of player at plus 380 uh, every day. Uh, so uh, that's why I went with that. But there you go. And I love that Alex is getting into the mix here as well. Got to love it here with the uh, bargain bin special of the night. All right. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit the like button. Uh, make sure you do that. Uh, 243 live viewers. We appreciate it. And a reminder, if you haven't done it already, Hit that join button, become part of the Ice Guys family plan, $9.99 a month. All our bonus features, video content, our daily betting card, live wagers throughout the season, each and every day and night will be posted exclusively on the community tab on the Ice Guys YouTube channel for our paid members as part of the family plan, $9.99 per month. So uh, make sure uh, you get involved with that. Uh, we're going to have, and we're going to have tons of stuff as the season goes on, some special you know, theme shows. We're going to do some theme shows, you know, not just about betting, but stuff about just general hockey topics uh, throughout the season. We're going to have some live impromptu bet casts, which are going to be additional bet casts uh, in addition to what's already scheduled, our normal ones, which are once a month and then once a week, once we get into fo uh, past football season. So 
make sure you sign up. We've I've already over 25 members signed up. It's really incredible. Yeah. And we just really opened yeah. up the signups for the family plan on the YouTube channel and the memberships to the channel just like a week ago. We've already got that many signed up. We appreciate it very much. So take it, check it out, hit the join button, the Ice Guys family plan, just $9.99 a month. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget about the Patreon page as well. Ice Guys, uh, go to patreon.com slash Ice Guys. We already got, like I said, the updated goalie charts. Those will be updated within the next four to five days. Like I said, we got to get you know some games in before we get things settled out with that. Uh, I already got the links that every better should have bookmarked on their browser. Uh, if you're looking for sites that we use with our handicapping every day, uh, NHL notes, uh, you know, finding you know all these different things. We have all those links there for you. And uh, I'll also have an article kind of revisiting the topic of looking at teams uh, within the, the first period realm and just kind of give a little bit of an update on the primer about live betting. So those will be up as well. I know Ian's going to have uh, his uh, power rankings up soon, too, over the next weeks or so. Yep. So definitely check out the Patreon page as well. That's 10 bucks a month I, at patreon.com slash guys. Yeah, first one of the season next Monday. Uh, I mean, we're going to get pretty much a week of hockey in uh, by then. Uh, and we'll get our first uh, power uh, rankings, uh, power ratings out. Might even do a little video, uh, pre-recorded video on the, uh, and post it to the members, uh, family plan members uh, of the Ice Guys channel. So uh, all that and more uh, ready. I know Pete, and I've gotten that message too, Rick. Trust me, people miss that Manscaped ad. They miss these <laughs> things, you know, keep you smelling good, looking good, feeling good, all that shit. Uh, people miss that, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, we've moved on, unfortunately, but uh, we appreciate that you enjoyed that ad. Hopefully you enjoy these best bets, and hopefully you cash in with them tonight as well on this Thursday night. It's time for best bets. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Let's go with Buffalo. The Sabres, plus 115. I wish I got that number. I might I might rebet it, honestly. Uh, this is a, a great spot. Like I said, home opener. It's going to be you know a bit emotional, of course, the Regenerate tribute, whatever they, they plan to do. They're wearing the patch. And this team is just focused and ready. Like I said, this young core, this, this is what they've been waiting for. Buffalo fans have been waiting a decade for this moment right now to have a team that is competitive and, and of high quality. Uh, and I think that crowd's going to be amped up, and I think the team's going to feed off that crowd, and they're going to be able to beat a, a formidable opponent in the New York Rangers. So give me Buffalo Sabres plus 115 as a home dog. That's my best bet for tonight. All right, let's go, Buffalo. <laughs> let's go, Buffalo. Should be a great atmosphere. We haven't seen a great atmosphere many times in that arena the last couple of years, Key Bank Center. Uh, I think tonight you'll see it. Buffalo plus 115 uh, against the New York Rangers. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet, release the Kraken. Seattle, bounce back time. Minus 110 even money against Nashville. Uh, that is going to be my best bet here for this Thursday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week. Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern, with an addendum. The Monday shows will be 3 p.m. Eastern uh, until after December uh, when the uh, college football show that I do ends. So it'll be 3 p.m. Eastern. Then the Monday shows will move uh, to 2 p.m. Eastern after that. Uh, but make sure you check out the show. And if you can't watch it live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live.
For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Uh, have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Friday, our first Jimmy Murphy Friday uh, of the NHL season tomorrow on the ice, guys. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.